Greetings, everyone. I want to welcome all of us at Center Street Church, those of us here at Center Campus, as well as those joining us from our campus in Bearspa, Bridgeland, Airdrie, and South Calgary. I also want to welcome our online viewers as well. Last summer, we began our study in the book of Exodus. The descendants of Abraham ended up as slaves in Egypt. God hears the cries of his people, and he raises a Hebrew boy named Moses to play a pivotal role in Israel's deliverance. As God's ambassador and representative of God's kingdom, Moses confronted a ruthless Pharaoh who was stubborn and set in his own ways. And over the many months, we focused on how God demonstrated his power through the events leading up to the Exodus so that Israel, Egypt, and the whole world will come to know that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is the one true God. A Pharaoh's stubborn refusal to let go of God's people resulted in the onset of the plagues. The series of plagues were intended to humble Pharaoh and all the gods of Egypt. The final plague resulted in the death of the firstborn sons. But the Israelites who applied the blood of the lamb to their doorposts, they were spared from death and they left Egypt overnight. To commemorate their deliverance, God institutes the Passover feast. So Israel will never forget their time in Egypt and how God orchestrated this incredible deliverance. Years of bondage ended abruptly as the Israelites royally marched out of Egypt and they headed towards the promised land. Moses and the entire nation of Israel were following God's guidance. In fact, God was leading them step by step. Now, have you ever looked to God for guidance in life? Have you prayed, Lord, guide me step by step? Lord, here I am, graduating from university, looking to start a career. Guide me to the future you have for me. Lord, I'm single and I want to be married. Help me find my soulmate. Lord, give me wisdom to raise my kids so I can pass on the legacy of faith to them. Lord, I'm looking at retirement. Show me what the next chapter of my life is going to look like. Who doesn't need God's guidance? No matter what season of life we may be in, we need the guidance of the Lord in every area and every aspect of our life. But as followers of Christ, we know we simply cannot live lives on our own. We are here in point A, and with the help of God's guidance, we hope that we can make it to point B. Point A is our current reality, and point B is our preferred future, the destination that we would like to be. And we know this in our head. The shortest distance between point A to point B is a straight line. That, that is elementary school geometry. Now, if you want to move from one point to another, then simply follow a straight line because that is the fastest, most efficient way to get there. Just a linear progression that will lead you to the destination you have in mind. Is that how God leads us all the time? 
Is it that straightforward? A linear path that takes you where you need to go in the most efficient, shortest time possible. So going back to our examples, you're looking for that dream job after graduation, and your friend sends you a text message. Hey, check this out. This place is hiring. And you pray. You apply. Everything goes well. You wow your interviewers. They are so impressed that they hire you on the spot. And before you know, you're living your dreams. The best job in the whole wide world. You're single. And you want to be married. You come to church. You're talking to a group of friends in the atrium after the service. And someone introduces you to this handsome guy, this beautiful girl. And you both lock eyes for a moment and your heart starts to race. And you're saying to yourself, Lord, what do you have for me here? The next weekend you come to church and you're secretly hoping you will see the same person. And lo and behold, you run into this individual again. And you have a great conversation. You find out you have a lot in common. And you feel so good as you leave. And the following weekend, it's remarkable. This is no coincidence. It happens yet again. You bump into the same person again. And the two of you this time quietly slip out for lunch after the service. And there starts a beautiful romance that ends with a ring on your fingers. You can tell I've been watching a lot of Hallmark movies over the holidays. <laughs> you can blame my wife. She enjoys it. I endure it. <laughs> you want your kids to turn out well, but you've been having some parenting challenges. But your community group leader gives you a, a great book and says, you've got to look at this book. And this was the silver bullet that you're looking for. It has all the great parenting ideas. And you start applying them. And in two weeks' time, it looks like you have a new kid. You can hardly recognize them. They don't argue anymore or speak disrespectfully. They're well-mannered. They even volunteer to do household chores. Great examples. But is that how following God's guidance in your life look like in real life? A straight line. You get from point A to point B in the shortest time possible. Will following God's path lead you on the easy route, the shortest route, the predictable route, the conventional route, and you reach point B and you live happily forever? Is God's guidance always a straight line or does it look more like this picture, one behind on the screen? I can tell you from personal experience, that resembles most of the time how God's guidance looks like, at least in my life. It is seldom a, a nice, linear, smooth, direct path from point A to B. The path is sometimes long, winding, slow, zigzag that seems to take forever. You want the dream job. You may eventually find work that is fulfilling and satisfying and suits your personality and your gifting. You may get there after being in a place where you're being overlooked. There's jealousy in your workplace. You're facing all kinds of challenges. 
Your job seems like a wrong fit. You're going through the grind day in and day out, wondering, what am I doing in this place? And through it all, God is behind the scenes, preparing you, shaping you, molding you for the destiny that he has in store for your life. You want the right spouse, but it's not like flipping a light switch. One fine day, you meet this incredible person who fits all the description that you have in mind. You may go on multiple dates wondering, is this the person God has for me? You may even think you finally found that person, but it eventually doesn't work out. It leaves you confused and frustrated, and you are going through this roller coaster ride wondering, Lord, what are you telling me in the midst of all these things? And this may very well be a process God may take you through before he brings you to point B. And even after God guides you to the right person, life is not a, a starry-eyed romance. God continues to draw you both closer through the ups and downs of life. That is normal. Now, what I'm talking to you about is clearly seen in the way God leads the Israelites as they leave the land of Goshen in Egypt and head towards the promised land. God did not lead them on the shortest predictable route. It was a difficult route, a longer route. It even seemed like an outright mistake. But God was guiding the Israelites in line with what he had in mind for them. Now, we have a fascinating text in Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 to 22. If you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand as we honor the reading of God's word. Exodus 13, 17 to 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etam on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Would you pray with me? Lord, at the start of a new year, each one of us need guidance and direction for the year ahead of us. And I know there are some of us here who are wrestling through some major life-altering decisions for which we need your guidance. So would you speak to us through your word, your inspired word, and you will personalize this message for us so that we will know the character of the God who guides us, that you are faithful, you are trustworthy, and you are true to all of your promises. So speak to us 
minister to our hearts in the power of your spirit. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. The nation of Israel had been set free from slavery that had lasted for four centuries. In the past, Pharaoh had repeatedly denied the request for Israel to leave. When Moses says, the God of Israel wants you to let his people go, Pharaoh's response was, who is the Lord that I should let Israel go? God sends the plagues. It culminates with the death of the firstborn, including the firstborn of Pharaoh. A Pharaoh couldn't take it anymore. Finally, he admits defeat. He now commands the Israelites to get out of the land. All of Egypt, in fact, goes down on their knees, and they beg for Israel to leave. They pay them to get out. They even give them their wealth and jewelry. So here they are as a nation. They're ready to leave point A and reach their preferred future, point B. But God does not lead them through a straight line. He deliberately leads them through a, a longer route, an unexpected route. In fact, the opposite direction. In today's culture, which is obsessed with all kinds of time-saving devices, this makes no sense. Why take the longer route when you have a shortcut, when you can save so much time? But look at the text. It's very clear in verse 17 and 18 of Exodus 13. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. I want to show you a, a map that gives you a, a route of the Exodus, the journey that the Israelites took on their way to the promised land of Canaan. If you see the map, the, the, dot, the black dotted lines, that is the most direct Shortest route from Goshen, where the Israelites lived in Egypt, all the way to Canaan, the land of promise. You needed to travel east. This pathway was called the way of the Philistines. Now, if the Israelites had gone on that route, they would have reached their destination in eight to ten days. Eight to ten days, that's it. They would be in the heart of the promised land. But instead of going eastward, God deliberately leads them southward through the desert, the wilderness. And look at that route that you see in red. That is the actual path that they took in order to reach the promised land. And that certainly is not a straight line. It is a squiggly one. The path even involved crossing the Red Sea, which we will look at the next time we are in Exodus. This path was not the shortest, common, or most direct, but this was the path God had in mind for his people. Now, God is not just deliberately playing with them or leading them on a, a longer route for no rhyme or reason. It is so important we understand this. God says here explicitly, the shorter route would have been harmful for his people. 
what looks so straight and direct that would save time will not lead them to the destination that they had in mind. Because the way of the Philistines was an international highway. And the Egyptians had several military outposts on this highway in order to protect themselves from their enemies. So the Israelites will have to engage in military warfare if they were to go through this highway. And they simply were not ready for it. Now they'd been slaves for 400 years, not warriors. They would see imminent danger and they would turn away and run back to Egypt. And even if they could resist the Egyptian military, they would run into the fierce Philistine army and they were expert warriors and Israel clearly didn't stand a chance. Knowing this very well, God did not lead them through that shorter route. He had a, a clear reason for it. It wasn't irrational. Now, in our own lives, we may think the path we want to be to realize the destiny that we have in mind is pretty straightforward. In order to reach point A, from point A to point B, all I need to do is take this easy, predictable route that we have in our mind because we think it will lead us to our destination. However, we can't see the obstacles that are ahead on the shorter route. It's impossible for us to foresee the future. There may be unseen obstacles on this shorter journey. But God, who knows all things and sees all things, recognizes that we, in the shorter route, will run into something that would be harmful for us, that would even prevent us from reaching our destination, that can derail us from the destiny that he has in mind for our life. So knowing this, God may take you on an alternate journey. It's longer, it may look messy, but it will lead you to the destiny that God has in store for your life. And sometimes in life, like here in Israel's case, God reveals the reason. He says, the reason I'm not taking you through the short route is because you won't survive the military opposition. You simply are not ready for it. But many times, God doesn't give us the reason. We don't have answers to the why questions of life this side of eternity. And even when he doesn't reveal the reason to us, we can still trust that God has our good and his glory in mind in all that he does. Remember, God knows which way is best for your life. Rather than resisting or complaining or murmuring, our task is to submit and follow his lead. Whatever path God may lead us, whether it is long or short, common or uncommon, one thing we know is he is faithful. God is always faithful to his people. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that is something you can count on. Your life may not be easy. The path you are on may make no sense. You may wonder, why is God leading me down this road? But in the midst of all of this, know that the one who's leading you, he is faithful. We see that very clearly in our text. Now look at verse 19. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. 
Because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. To give the Israelites a visual image of God's faithfulness, Moses carried a coffin. It was a coffin filled with the bones of Joseph. We know from the book of Genesis, Joseph, the son of the patriarch Jacob, was treacherously dealt with by his brothers. He was betrayed. And that's how Joseph ends up as a slave in Egypt. And yet God, in a masterful way, takes what was evil, turns it around, and brings something good out of it. It is because of Joseph's influence, in a time of severe famine, the lives of the Israelites were spared. But Joseph's brothers, along with his father Jacob, come and settle in Egypt along with Joseph. Their lives were spared. And before his death, God gave Joseph a promise. And we find these words in Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 to 26. It says, And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. And that's the exact quote that we see in our text in Exodus 13. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph died. A new pharaoh comes to power. He forgot all about Joseph. The rules of the land had just changed. The Israelites were no longer seen as the favored people. They were perceived as a threat. And that led to cruel treatment and slavery. For years, it looked like the promises of God had been forgotten, seemed so far-fetched. But the words of Joseph were prophetic. Surely, God will come to your aid, and when he does, take my bones here in Egypt and take them with you to the land of promise that God is going to take you to. And what seemed humanly impossible, God made it happen. God stayed true to his promises. And because he is a promise-keeping God, he is faithful and true to his character. So we have Moses here carrying a coffin that served as a visual reminder of God's faithfulness to the entire nation. It was a reminder that there's nothing impossible for God. He is a God who keeps his word and all of his promises. Oh, yes, it was difficult to carry a coffin in the hot wilderness for 40 years. It was burdensome. It may even seem to be creepy. But in reality, it was a, a dramatic visual display of God's faithfulness. For times in the wilderness when the Israelites were discouraged, all they needed to do was look at that coffin and remember the words of Joseph, surely God will come to your aid. 
They knew that God will not leave them in the wilderness to die, but will faithfully come through and take them to the land of promise. Now, whatever journey God may lead you in, you and I can count on His faithfulness. And sometimes we can forget that because we are a forgetful people. That's why we need visible reminders of God's faithfulness. I know of a family in our church. They went through an excruciating time. It was a season of great difficulty. But God came through for them. Their prayers were answered. And to remember God's faithfulness, they painted these words on their living room. With God, all things are possible. A daily visual reminder of God's character and what he can do. I think some of us can use those reminders. Visual reminders of what God has done in your life that will help you to face the challenges that you may come across in the future. Now, not only do we know God is faithful in our journey, but we also know he is present with us. Look at the next set of verses, verses 20 to 22. After leaving Sukkot, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So this pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, served as a tangible presence of God in the midst of the community of God's people. A swirling, shimmering cloud guided their path. And at night they could see fire inside it. It glowed and it provided light to the entire camp. And that is how God guided the Israelites. When the cloud moved, that was a cue for the people that they needed to move to the next location. So they merely followed that cloud. For the next 40 years, this would be the sign of God's presence for the Israelites in the wilderness. And not only was this God's way of guiding them, but also his way of reassuring them of his presence. For this pillar was a, a visible demonstration of God's presence what Bible scholars would call a theophany, a God appearance. In essence, God was saying, I know you're walking through uncharted territory, on difficult terrain, a route that is long and windy and confusing. And I want you to know, no matter what in this journey, I am with you. My presence will go ahead of you. That assurance of God's presence was all that Israel needed. Now today, some of you may think, wouldn't it be great to have some kind of a visible cloud like that? Guiding us, telling us where to go, lead you to the school you should be going to, the job you need to apply for, the person you need to marry. Hey, there is a cloud around your head. That is a sign I need to marry you. Wouldn't that life be easy? And I can tell you, that's not going to happen. 
that is not the way God normally guides his people. The pillar of cloud was for a, a specific era or a time period. But that doesn't mean we are at a loss. I believe the provision that God has for us today is far greater. For we have the presence of God living within us through his Holy Spirit. Now how much greater is that, right? Now whatever glory cloud that the Israelites were following in the wilderness was symbolic of God's presence that now rests within us. The Holy Spirit of God is our counselor, and he offers us the guidance that we need. More importantly, he assures us of God's presence. So whatever we may be going through in life, we know not for a moment we are alone, for God is with us, and he will walk with us every step of the way. Because of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross, we have access to God's presence all the time. Nothing can remove us from his presence. Nothing can separate us from his love. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross has secured God's presence for us. Therein lies our living hope. And as the hymn writer says, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. We today have a privilege that the Israelites didn't have. They had the presence of God which they witnessed from far. But we, knowing we are children redeemed by the blood of Jesus, we experience the ongoing presence of God within us. And he lavishes us with his love and grace. Nothing you and I will go through in life that will unanchor us from his presence. In fact, it's the other way around. Trials and difficulties will only causes us to lean more on God and we draw closer to him as a result. Whatever journey God is leading you in, that is the best path for your life. And in this journey, know that we have a God who is faithful and His presence will never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to ask everyone to stand as we come to an end. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Reflect on what you've heard today. As I said, we are at the start of a new year. And we all need God's guidance for what the year holds. So let's pray for discernment, guidance, and leading. And I know there are some of you here, you are faced with a major life-altering decision. Something that you are wrestling with and you're asking, God, what is your will in this specific area of my life? And God wants to reveal that to you. Now, he finds no pleasure in hiding his will from his people. God delights to be our counselor and gave us the course that's ahead of us and lead us step by step. We only need to ask and depend 
and then walk in obedience to his word.